The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. So this is the way Torah study works. We can start with one little clay pot, and eventually will arrive at the whole of existence. As I said last week, the book of Leviticus is notoriously full of details. As it moves through its catalog of sacrifices, we are not spared any of the blood and guts. How to slaughter the animal, what to do with the skin and fat, and on and on. It can be quite a gruesome read. But at least these details are connected to the act of bringing an offering itself which is ultimately meant to provide us spiritual atonement. We might not like watching the process, but we would care that it was done just right. But then there are other details in Leviticus that seem to just be afterthoughts, like this one, which follows the description of the sin offering. Uchli cheres asher tibushalbo, an earthen vessel in which a sin offering was cooked, must be shattered. Ishaver. If it was cooked in a copper vessel, you can just scour it and rinse it with water. Seriously? I really need to know what happens to the pot afterwards? This is what's in the Torah, my religion's most sacred text. Some dishwashing techniques for copper. Great, thank you. Hey, at least we'll be using those again. But I mean, what do I care about some crummy clay pot that we're just going to break and throw away? Why are we reading about shattering vessels? But as a matter of fact, shattering vessels has become quite a loaded phrase in Jewish tradition, thanks to a theology developed by the great 16th century Kabbalist Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, whom we call the Arizal who took this phrase, the shattering of the vessels, or shvirata kelim, and put it right at the center of his cosmology. According to the Arizal, the creation of the world began with God, the infinite, pouring divine light into spiritual vessels, kelim, in order to transport that light into the world. But the light was too powerful, and the vessels shattered, breaking apart into shards that scattered throughout the universe. Our task on Earth, then, was to gather the broken fragments and repair the vessels, thus fixing the world, what he called, in a now quite familiar phrase, tikkun olam. The explanation of how all this was to be accomplished required all of the dizzyingly intricate metaphysics that we now think of as Kabbalah. But dizzying though it may be, this theology swept across the Jewish world like wildfire. Within a couple of centuries, 
the strange new images developed by the Arizal had entered into mainstream Jewish thought and had been widely embraced by Jewish communities from Eastern Europe to Northern Africa. So when the Hasidic movement emerged in the Ukraine in the 18th century, they took inspiration directly from Lurianic Kabbalah, but then they gave it their own particular spin. Because Hasidic mysticism took the more esoteric mysticism of the Kabbalah and translated it from a cosmic drama into a more internal psychological drama. Their focus was not necessarily on the rectification of the universe, but on the rectification of the soul. And so it's no wonder that in their symbolism, the vessels moved from representing abstract supernal forces to representing human beings themselves. And so we find in the Noam Elimelech, a commentary by one of the early Hasidic masters, Rabbi Elimelech of Lezhinsk, that our little pot has become a person. And this particular person seems to be in a bit of trouble. The earthen vessel in our Parsha, he says, represents someone who has com committed a forbidden act in order to bring himself pleasure. And he is similar to the earthen vessel that is shattered for he has to break himself of the thing. Huh. One can only imagine what this act must have been, but whatever it is, the remedy is pretty intense. He has to break himself. Now, we could take this to simply mean breaking a bad habit, but the fact that he is the vessel in this analogy suggests that he actually, on some level, has to shatter himself to pieces. Sometimes the only way to be freed from an existence saturated with sin, he seems to be suggesting, is to break oneself completely apart and start all over again. The vessel must be shattered. Now, this kind of transfer of meaning, taking the outer realm, the world of objects, to be symbols meant to describe the functioning of one's inner life, this is a classic feature of Hasidic interpretation. The Noam Elimelech has derived a particularly harsh lesson from it, but the more important move he's made is the transfer of symbolic meaning itself. Now we are the vessels. And we'll see that same symbolism used in Hasidic literature again and again. Here's an example I particularly like from the Kutzker Rebbe, now in the 19th century, who's commenting on another verse, later in Leviticus, also about breaking vessels. Any earthen vessel, v'chol kli cheres, says the verse, in which something impure falls, shall become impure itself. And then you should break it. Voto tishboru. For an earthen vessel, says the Kutzker Rebbe, cannot become impure by itself, only from what comes inside of it. Because an earthen vessel has no importance in and of itself. For it is simply dirt from the ground. There's nothing to it except what is inside of it. All of its importance comes from what it can contain inside of it. 
That's why it cannot become impure by itself, only from what comes within, because its essence is that which is within. She'ikrahu betoch. And so it is for the person who is also an earthen vessel. Uchmoken ha'adam gamken klicheres. Again, the vessel is a person. Again, that person has taken in something impure. And again, when this happens, the only solution is that the person be broken in some way. There is, in other words, an inherent tragedy in this symbolism of broken vessels. And it is recurring. But if we go back to the earlier Kabbalistic formulation, we'll remember that our task in this world is the repairing of the vessels. And so, if the vessels are us now, then we must learn to put ourselves back together. We must learn how to be stronger, how to hold the divine light within us. Because we will all break at some point. We will all absorb pain and sadness, sin and impurity. It will overwhelm us, shatter us apart. And then we will go searching for the broken shards and gather them together to rebuild our hearts and souls anew. Human brokenness, then, is the cosmic drama. And the relentless human search for wholeness, our ability to reconstitute ourselves and to once again hold the light of God inside of us, is the fixing of the world. And all of this we learn from the law of breaking the earthen vessel. Because, as the Kutzka Rebbe says, the person is also an earthen vessel, whose essence comes from that which is within. But then, this wasn't the Kutzker's idea first. It wasn't even the Arizal's idea first. It's a very old idea, one that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Vayitzer Adonai Elohim et Adam afar the eternal God formed the person from the dirt of the earth. Vayipach ba'apav nishmat chayim, Adam lenefesh chaya. And God blew into its nostrils the breath of life, and the person became a living soul. We're just vessels, just dirt from the ground. But our essence, our ikar, is something divine within us. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Pitchuli by Hillel Tige. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever if you haven't already? If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I K A R L A. Thanks a lot, and see you next week.